0: Contractors, like federal employees, are glad to see the government reopen, but suspicious of the fact that it's only a three-week continuing resolution. It's like return of the electricity while the storm is still raging. How long have you really got? With How to Make Soup While the Stove is Working, David Berto, CEO of the Professional Services Council. And I guess let's start with what you're telling your members,
1: because let's presume we've only got three weeks and they need to get paid. Right. You certainly have to, if you're a contractor in the federal government space for one of the affected agencies, you have to recognize that you do have only three weeks at at a minimum. You may have more than that. So the first thing we're telling our members is get paid. Get paid for the invoices that were submitted before the shutdown but weren't paid because people weren't there to pay them. Get paid for the work you did before the shutdown but for which you had not submitted an invoice and maybe couldn't because there was nobody to accept those invoices. And get paid for both the work you did during the shutdown or if there was an interruption in an ongoing contract, submit a claim for the costs you incurred that were associated with that interruption. So there's at least four things you ought to be doing and you ought to do those right away. You may only have three weeks to get those in the system.
0: And how do you do that? Who do you— out to and kind of hit to make sure that you get your invoice noticed and processed?
1: Well, in almost every case, there is someone who's assigned the responsibility of approving the invoice and, and then passing it on into the invoicing system. And of course, the companies have a way of tracking the invoice as it goes through this. So in many cases, it may be that that person was furloughed and not available to uh, to approve your invoices. So you may even have to resubmit an invoice, but the tracking system is in place. Companies know what they need to do, and particularly the small businesses. This is vitally important because they've, they've incurred the Costs. They've done the work. They just haven't gotten the revenue to, to cover it.
0: And you get the sense that, especially in the small companies, people might have been working over the past weekend knowing because this occurred, this agreement and signature occurred on Friday evening. They at least had a couple of days run up to a Monday morning.
1: Absolutely, we started telling our members on Friday as soon as the president made his announcement that they should be working uh, to get to get their invoices in and get paid. There's a second thing you have to do, and that is you got to find your people, right? Because uh, if you, there are tens of thousands of people who are put in in unpaid leave status or some kind of unpaid status, so you got to find those people and figure out where they're going to be going uh, and get them there on, on Monday morning. And here, there's a big difference between contracts that weren't interrupted during the shutdown. The funding was available, the workforce was there, you kept going, and contracts that were interrupted. Because if the contract was interrupted for some reason, there may be steps that need to be taken before you can restart that contract, so you need to segregate those.
0: Yes, before this agreement, you had worried that it could take a long time for the restart, the work orders, to begin again on interrupted contracts. That's not a cut-and-dried process that simply pushes a button or one signature can make that happen.
1: No, it's not cut and dried at all. Let me give you three examples. Uh, Example number one is is if the government actually issued a stop work order on your contract. Well, now you have to have a new order that lets you start work again. And while a stop work order may only take one step, a start work order requires multiple steps. You have to have the fund citation. You have to have people sign off on it. You have to actually recalibrate uh, what work needs to be done and when in some cases. And so starting the work again may take days, whereas stopping it only took minutes. Right. Secondly, if there has been a lapse in funding available, now you have to have a new citation under the new continuing resolution that the president signed on Friday night. So you may have to go through some steps to get the funding going. Third, if you stopped because you got to the end of a task and you couldn't start the next task until the government accepted it, you've got to get that acceptance in and get the government to sign it. Then you can move on. So there's a whole bunch of of reasons why you need to, to take action very quickly. The first day back is critical. Keep in mind those government people on their first day back may have catch up to do as well before they even pay attention to you. So you need to get in line early. We had one professor,
0: Bob Tobias of American University, former federal well, union yes. president, and he said the first thing that agency managers have to do is let their people talk it out. Don't pretend it's just business
1: as usual. Welcome back to work. Okay. Everybody get going, but let people vent a little bit. So that could take a day. Uh, It could certainly take a day. And by the way, there's an awful lot of passwords that expire on a three-month session. So you may have people come back and they can't get in their emails because they didn't reset their passwords in a timely manner. So there's all kinds of hiccups that can occur. So contractors have to take that into account as they prepare for the actions they need to take immediately today. We're speaking with David Berto,
0: CEO of the Professional Services Council. And with one more question with respect to those restarted or Potentially restarted contracts. If the government is nervous that there's going to be another shutdown in three weeks, could they be reluctant to restart
1: certain projects until they know it's really... Ongoing. I suppose that might be possible. I think, though, uh, another characteristic that, that I, I think our member companies should take full advantage of is, um, you know, contracts are one of the ways in which the government does keep going during a shutdown. If the funds are available and the work is set out in a certain way, then the contracts are not affected. In fact, as a contractor, you can you must continue to perform the contract until and unless either your money runs out or the government tells you to stop. So it could be a way to, to foster continuity. In addition, government uh, agencies will be, Um, somewhat eager to obligate the funds that are available to them because, as you well know, the single best way to make sure you don't get any money next year is don't obligate the money you have this year. The work is there to be done. The funds will be available under continuing resolution. It's incumbent on the government uh, employees to get that work obligated on those contracts and the contracts to begin performing. And speaking of next year,
0: 2020, fiscally speaking, we're just about at the time when ordinarily, under regular times, the White House would release its budget request for the ensuing year 2020. What do we have? What's our sense of where that all is? Because we're getting close to that whole
1: debate once again. Right. Well, the the budget is due uh, at the beginning of the second week of February. So that would be February 11th, two weeks from today. Um, One can be reasonably certain that the budgets are already locked up because the process by which the computer tapes have to spin those budgets into the publications that get submitted up to the Congress is not an overnight process. Uh, uh, one of the legacy systems still out there is, in fact, the slow budget printing process that we have. So we can be reasonably certain that the budget is prepared. Whether or not that is the budget the administration will want to submit under the circumstances or whether they may want to hold that back is something we're going to be watching very carefully as the government gets back to work this week. Um, you know, as of the time you and I are talking, we have no indication from the government whether they will adhere to that schedule or not. Keep in mind, though, they'll be submitting an FY20 budget proposal, and there's no agreement between the administration and the Congress uh, or between Republicans and Democrats in the Congress as to what the levels of funding should be for that FY20 uh, spending. And it starts only eight months from now. I think people are looking at some of the thin cracks
0: happening within Democratic ranks and some of the more open cracks that are already in Republican ranks in the Senate and hoping that somehow – middle pieces will break off and get together and maybe the extremes on each of these parties will somehow be the ones that
1: are left out while the center comes together for agreements, This is the way we've governed through much of our history. We've governed by compromise in the middle from both sides, however many parties uh, or to, to whichever the two parties were in, in the government there. And I think there are a couple of things that come into trigger here right away. One, of course, is the three-week expiration of, of the current continuing resolution. The second is not long after that, March 1st, we have a reset of, of the debt ceiling. And so uh, while they're, they're, Congress can uh, uh, buy a little time, the Treasury Department has extraordinary measures they can exercise to keep America from default, that will run out pretty quickly. So long before we get to the start of the fiscal year. But keep in mind, all this chaos that we've seen over the five weeks of the, of the recent shutdown was under a scenario in which, in fact, the Congress had already agreed with the administration on what the funding levels would be. Just think how much harder it's going to be if you don't agree where the funding levels are. And a final piece of arcana, if you will, but it's
0: actually very important. In this five-week period of the shutdown, some bid proposals
1: were due. What's the status of those? Right. We had many agencies who had solicitations that were issued before the shutdown, and the proposals were due during the shutdown. We had examples, for instance, of member companies who couldn't tell, is it still active? Do I submit? So in most cases, our advice to them was submit the proposal, we'll deal with it. So agencies uh, need to follow up with that. Obviously, anybody who either had such a deadline and submitted, or had such a deadline and it was deferred, need to re-engage because the repercussions of the shutdown will not only be for the work during that five weeks, it's for all the deferred work that needs to go forward. This is an important part of both execution and preparing for the FY20 budget. David Berto is CEO of the Professional
0: Services Council. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.